Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman. My friends' names are Jimmy Belikoff and Matt Visual, and we actually have a special guest on here tonight. Uh, this man is someone who made a video that I think provided a great moment of clarity for a lot of us. It was a mm-hmm. video about what it's like being a famous video game person on the internet, and it was called This is Phil Fish. Um... We have Ian Danskin here, who goes by the name of um, Innuendo Studios on the YouTubes. How are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing pretty okay. My body can't decide <laughs> whether or not it wants to get sick, so I'm sort of on the cusp. But otherwise, you're, you're I'm in fine. That, like weird health purgatory that, that <laughs> doesn't feel good for anyone. Yeah, it's sort of interesting. I get to feel sensations much more intensely now. Oh, great. <laughs> and and also a constant apprehension about whether or not you get better or worse, because, I mean, like, really, it's the uncertainty of not knowing that makes it so bad. Well, I was fine until you said that. Oh, great. Oh, wow. I ruined everything. <laughs> now I have on well, me. What's new? <laughs> uh, what, uh, what's new is I just wrapped a Kickstarter, and I am self-employed for the next six months, which is woo! kind of neat. Sweet. Oh, yeah. nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. What's What's new with you? <laughs> well, don't just don't just leave us yeah, yeah. talking about it because because this is this is something we should talk about you yeah, um, i mean let's just let's just get it off right from the start what's uh how did the kickstarter go and what did you get kickstarted for the listeners uh it's to make some more video essays in the vein of the phil fish video um when i made that video i had like like a long list of topics that i wanted to make video essays about and getting even that video out took me months because I'm a part-time student who's at any given time working like three or four freelance jobs. Right, right. So it was just like, if I want to make more content on any sort of meaningful schedule, I'm going to have to start turning down work and I'm going to have to shore up that money somewhere. Um, Mm. And this gig I was working with The Escapist got kind of like miserable for a while. (laughs) And I just like was like, well, you know, I kind of don't have to do this. I think... I think I might be able to run a Kickstarter. Um, and so I kind of threw one together a little haphazardly, and yeah. it, it turned out okay. Um, I've got like $10,000 clearing in the bank in a couple of weeks. Wow. That's fantastic. So wow. huh, they actually processed that payment fairly fast. Two to three weeks, they say. Well, That's not a, bad. Yeah, I've heard horror stories about Patreon holding people up for a lot longer than that. So, mm. huh. I think, uh, well, I think on Patreon side, it might be a little more for clearing people's payments. Um, we actually right. run a pay- uh, Patreon at the office, and it can be a little interesting sometimes, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm the only person here who doesn't actually do Patreon. The, 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 I, I don't do Patreon like... yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean, I should to, also to clarify be fair. that. I feel it's this is probably going to happen to me eventually. To be fair, it's a, it's, it's like... Not a bad way to get funded, because I mean, it's just, it's just literally like, if you want to donate to help me make things that you already like, go right. ahead, and I can give you more stuff. It's pretty. I don't know. I think it's a cool system. And some people, some people just like value it. in in the, yeah. the whole, you know, behind the scenes stuff. You know, you do the personal vlogs or whatever they want. You know, right, right. So, um, but yeah, I'm actually. Uh, do you have any specific uh, video topics, Ian, that you're going to be working on as like your first project uh, after the successful Kickstarter, or is it just going to be winging it? I have a script that um, I'm going to review, but I think the draft I just finished like 20 minutes ago might be the final draft. 
Um, hmm. And I'm trying to get that one done before I go home for the holidays as sort of like a victory lap. Like, the original oh, wow. plan so was... that's fast. That's soon. The original plan, I was actually trying to get it done before the Kickstarter ended to promote it. But then once I hit 100%, uh-huh. I was like, maybe I'm going to focus on finals instead. <laughs> um, and then, Priorities. So I, I sort of promised it to everybody, like, this is not going to count against, like, the number of minutes I promised to make in six months. But let's mm-hmm. put this video out just so you know that I'm actually going to produce content. Um, right, right, right. So that so one... Th- th- go ahead. No, no, no go, go ahead. Uh, trust me, I'm going to interrupt you with something very stupid, but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, go ahead. I, I await with bated breath. Um, <laughs> so that one is sort of, like, about about Call of Duty, but not actually about Call of Duty, more about the way that we as a culture talk about Call of Duty and the weird standards we hold it to. Um, okay, I'm... I mean, I'm hooked already. Uh, that's a video I would definitely watch. Yeah, I will too. <laughs> yeah, so so that, and then in the new year, um, when I actually get started proper in January, I have, I have a big list of topics. There's like specific games I want to talk about. There's a lot of talking about the way the internet likes to treat women right now that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, big yeah, talks. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to make a lot of friends, but that's okay. Yeah. Hey, well, you've already made three. Hi. Hi. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask you. All right, so you have $10,000. Yeah, is so this the stupid are we, question? Are we going for the, the ramen noodle diet or, you know, with a little bit of hot <laughs> sauce? You know, what, 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 what are we going to be doing here for, like, the um, meal plan? Do you have to lay that out for everyone who's donating for you? or? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually more money than I've had in the bank in a very long time. Right. And, um... Based on the budget I've worked out, it's a little bit better than the gigs it's replacing were paying me. Nice. So, mm. like, I'm used to kind of bootstrapping, and at this point it's like, hey, I might break $20,000 in 2015. That's really cool. <laughs> well, I mean, when you when you really lay it out, at least from my perspective, what, uh, you said that the previous gig you had was a little miserable. So it may be clearing only a little bit more money, but, I mean, when you get to work on something that you're actually interested and passionate about... You know, I think that kind of accounts for some of the other value of that. Yeah, and that's that's how it would work for me. I have like three freelance gigs that I'll still be doing on the side, but they're not super time consuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's like really, really rough trying to make time for videos like these. Like, I I notice the quality of Bunny Hop go down goes down considerably. When I also have a big project to work on, like I, I guess I'm blessed that I can only work, that I only really have to work part time now after college. But I mean, also one of my two uh, different day jobs has has kind of gone out of business, which means <laughs> I'm only left with one now. But I like, I, I do not envy what it was like back then when I was working two jobs and doing this at the same time. It's it it, it affects. It the does affect production the production process significantly. Yeah, especially if you're moving or or anything oh like that. Like it just, <laughs> it, yeah. It, I, I can't imagine some of those people who, uh, you know, they try to juggle a job while trying to do uh, like reviews or anything that takes a lot of time to like write down a script, do jokes or or any. Yeah. You know, it, some people do it differently, and I've seen a lot of YouTubers now. They do that. They have a job and they're juggling this at the same time, and that's why it takes them so long to like put out a a review or a, a video. You know, a finished high production video every month, and it's just like, man, how do you even pull that off? Because it, it you know, sometimes when you come home after a hard work 
you know, hardworking day. You kind of want to just chill, right? Yeah. 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 That's so the, like working on sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's it's time to make videos. Uh, definitely like, when you have a schedule of every week, like George. And I, I remember I used to occasionally take weeks off, but nowadays I can't really afford to do that because no, I have one less job. But, yeah. I mean, I, it, it kills me, though, because I made a video just now, and I'm glad that you were talking earlier, Ian, about um, Call of Duty and how our culture perceives Call of Duty, because I, like, tried to kind of take a stab at that uh, last week with the video called Anti-War War Games. <laughs> and uh, the thing that killed me is, is a lot of the commenters' reactions to what I thought of Spec Ops, because Spec Ops is something, like, I, I do not get it, really. And, and I've tried, but only once. And if I had more time, I'd be glad to, to play through it again and, like, take notes this time and really look into it. But on another level, I think it partially has to do with kind of a bait-and-switch that got spoiled for me before I started playing it. But as, as a game that kind of intends to convey a message about the way society um, holds Call of Duty games up to particular standards, I, I just want to... To understand it on that level so bad, but I do not have the time to. <laughs> so that's anyway, the, though. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so that's the advantage of you know being able to have time. You know, with the Kickstarter, Ian did. Right. Like, like yeah, right. he has the time to put into that. And I mean, that's that's just the way it goes. You know, people want you know you, you want to chase your dream to actually put your words into a video, but it takes long. It takes you know, days of going through your drafts and picking out all the problems and oh my gosh. You, you ever made a mistake on a video? You made a mistake on a video before, we men, right? Yeah, and I put out a new one yeah, where yeah. I try to. <laughs> and you like redo it, like and it's like, man, like sometimes I go back into a video. And, and I'm it like, takes oh. like three hours to just bake the file. <laughs> right, right. And you know, when you're doing it every week, so I envy you, Ian, to you know <laughs> you have I some mean, time to, it's, to I worry that it's going to be one of these situations where, like, the amount of work that you do just fills to expand however much time there is to do it. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Because, like, I mean, my way of writing a second draft is, you know, like, oh, I want to make some changes to this draft. Why don't I just rewrite it from the beginning again? <laughs> and ultimately, it does make the script better, but does it make it better enough to warrant the number of hours I spent revising it, you know? Right. Uh, Probably. Yeah. I mean, you had pretty good results with the one we have so far <laughs> to go by. The one video I have produced, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. I, I, well, I actually just, uh, I wanted to refresh, because I hadn't watched uh, This Is Phil Fish since it came out, because I remember the day it came out, it got a lot of traction, and I was able to see it, you know, yeah, that day. Yeah, like, actual famous internet people really liked it. They <laughs> oh, shared yeah. it around. Yeah. Jesus. Which, it's actually interesting, um, it's actually interesting mentioning that, because Notch was, was the person that I found it from. He yeah. shared it the day mm -hmm, it was out, mm -hmm. and since the video came out, Notch has that has like since left Mojang, sold like all that, you know, and so it's interesting to kind of see like, like, you know, a person of internet fame sharing that sort of perception of internet fame around, and then now you know he's removed himself from the limelight as best he can. It's interesting. I don't know. That's just I find that very interesting. But I watched yeah. it today before we started the podcast because I wanted to go over it again to refresh myself. And yeah, it's it 
if I don't know how many times you revised the script, but it did have a fantastic like through line that kept me like, oh yeah, he's calling back to a thing he said five minutes ago, but I still like definitely, you know, it's, we're still on the same page. It's not like convoluted or anything. It was really good. Thank right you very through. much. So if that's if if that's how your your uh, revisings revisions is the correct word uh, <laughs> end up, then I'm I'm excited to see your new content and keep revising because it sounds like you do a good job with it. At least from my point of view. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. This is coming from a person who writes a script and says, I'm never touching this goddamn thing again. I'm just recording it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there is no such thing as good writing, only good rewriting. Oh, gosh. Well, then all my videos are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, I didn't mean it as a burn. Uh, I know, I'm I'm just kidding That's a a quote from so It's not even me (laughs) (laughs) Trying to lay the blame on someone else I see how it is, George I'm looking it up right now (laughs) Well, while you're looking it up Louis Okay. Blame that guy for for the burn Alright, guys uh, Let let it be known right now Listeners of the TVG podcast That Louis Brandes is the man who completely roasted me today no he did, I, I, <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding I hey, hey no guys what, what video games have we been playing <laughs> <laughs> do you want to start george or who wants to start i don't know i'll start then if no one's gonna start i'll start i got a good uh, one though when it's my turn <laughs> okay do you want to start then? no you start <laughs> All right, I have been playing uh, a little bit of Wings of V this week. Oh yeah, the the, the platformer with the girl. Yeah, the the <laughs> wow. platform with the girl. I, I uh, do not know what this is. The, okay, have you ever heard of I Want to Be the Guy? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the most popular I Want to Be the Guy fan game? I Want to Be the Boshi. Maybe. The main character of that is a little triangle like exclamation point sign. Okay. Okay, well, the guy who made that, Solgrin, uh, started his own little studio after I Want to Be the Boshi took off. It's, like, easily outpaces any other I Want to Be the Guy fan game. It's, like, easily the most popular one because it's insanely hard. On the Wikia page for it, it says, as as an actual, like, note on the Wikia page, it says, it is not advisable for anybody to play I Want to Be the Boshi. Because it's, like, it's, like, unbearably hard. Well, he made a studio, and he made a game. And it's like the same kind of like super difficult platforming in combat, but it's very polished. It has like beautiful graphics, and uh, it, it's I don't know. It's just like a really cool, super hard 16-bit platformer. It just came out on Steam a couple weeks ago, and I've been playing that because I'm making a video on it. And uh, it's been it's been rough. The first boss fight is is a long haul boss fight that you just need to put in the time and patience to do. But I've been having a blast with that. Um, and then, of course, Binding of Isaac all night, every night. I shouldn't be playing it. I shouldn't be wasting time on that when I have videos to make. <laughs> and also, uh, Ultra Street Fighter 4 got a new patch, so I've been trying that out a little bit. Ooh. Oh, but everything that you practice is going to be useless in a few months because Street Fighter 5 is coming out. Yeah, I know, in a I few know. Months? It's not going to come out in a few months. Okay, it? Yeah, it might not be a like few a months. year, but, yeah, it might be but a it's months. coming. It's coming. But I mean, I, I actually am pretty proud of myself. I learned how to do some target combos with the character I play. Um, they have this new Omega mode, which is like face roll mode because it's, it's less roll. competitive. It's like you can kind of button mash and do some cool stuff with it because they added some like cheapo moves on every character. It's meant to be like for fun mode. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a little bit and that's that's been cool. Getting better at fighting games feels good. 
I've always wondered what my threshold is for enjoying these super duper hard platformers, like Wings of V. Yeah. Because, um, like, I really didn't like, I, I had no enjoyment trying to get into I Want to Be the Guy when I tried. I didn't really like Super Meat Boy that much, which is supposed to be like the holy grail of, of technical platformers of all time, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed uh, V, 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 V. That one's great. That, that's like I one of my favorite games of all time. And I don't really know why I like that one, but not the others of its similar genre. I, You know, there's something to do with... I, I... Everybody has a different name for that game. Some people call it six V's. Some people call it V six. Some people call it I like V six. Yeah, we'll just say V six this time around. But um, that game has a certain flow and pacing to it, where nothing ever stops happening. Like even when you die, you go back like what, literally like one second worth of gameplay. Yeah. So it's like, I think that might be the big pull because like even games like like uh, V like Wings of V, not V six. <laughs> um, the checkpoints have you going back maybe like 15 to 30 seconds worth of like a solid play so like it could get frustrating if if it's like 30 seconds leading up to like the most precise jump and then you like miss the jump and you have to do that 30 seconds over again but i don't know i'm i've been watching a couple streamers who have this sort of quality of high patience and i've been trying to like pull that quality from them and like like you know use it in my own gaming and stuff and after I kind of like committed to that, like whatever happens, like, you know, that's how the game is meant to be played. I need to just be patient. It's been a lot more fun since I decided to do that. Is is the game like as deterministic as the original I Want to Be the Guy where like you basically have to do exactly this set of actions or you're going to fail? Um, In in the the like first big boss fight that you do. Yes, it does have some leeway. It's not instant kills. Uh, you have a health bar and, you know, hits only do so much damage to you. But uh, there are a few parts where it's like, yes, this jump, you need to ha you need to perform the correct, like, jump and flutter. But uh, combat wise, it's much less, it's much more forgiving, I guess. Um, you just have to, like, get your hits in. And it's a patient sort of combat game. You don't, like, run in a staff ablazing. You just staff ablazing. <laughs> you you kind of have to like sit back and like watch your enemies patterns and then get the right like dodge them while hitting them kind of thing and it's it's not a game to be plowed through you have to like take your time with it which is it's something i'm learning how to do i don't do that with platformers very often so it's when you repeat when you repeat those 30 seconds the 30 seconds are not going to be like basically identical uh yeah yeah you can you can mess around a lot because the jump mechanics are pretty interesting you don't have a double jump but like you have a jump charge is what I'm calling it in my video where like you can jump once per leaving the ground. So like you can't jump and then jump again, but you can fall off a ledge and then jump in the air. And then you also have like a Yoshi's Island kind of flutter that you can do. And uh, those things combined can like they allow you a lot of leeway for like recovery when you miss a jump and stuff. So it's not like a, like a whole lot of leeway, but it's enough to be like, all right, this is fair. This is like, I, it's my fault if I die, you know? Mm. I, I like that you use the word deterministic to kind of make a differentiation because that <laughs> reminds me of another game I really, really don't like. It's that everyone loves. It's it's Volgar the Viking. And oh, it's yeah. Because, I was yeah. just about to talk about that. Yeah, when you go through <laughs> a stage in Volgar the Viking, like, um, 
it, it will look one way if you do it right. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe I need to look up some speed runs, but I just feel like there's not like a, like a very highly skilled run of a, of a level in Volgar the Viking is not going to look that different from a, a mediocre mediocre run just because the um the the placement the way it handles health and the placement of enemies and hazards is so so very rigid to conform to very your very strict standards for for jump height and width and stuff that there's not much wiggle room for you to experiment and kind of fool with the system and maybe that's it's like it's not like i don't like hard games they're just some that i really 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 don't like right. i i definitely agree with you because this is the game i've been playing um i i played a little bit off and on on the i'm still at the first stage but i haven't played that oh, much yet see what i mean yeah all right so that doesn't well, feel good so, just so being at the first stage Bulgar, the viking what he's what, what he's saying is that it, it feels like you're Imagine if you're 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 stirring some soup with a spoon, right? That's okay. usually how you want your platforms to feel. You don't want to I'm make hooked. it feel like you're shifting you gears, like it's just like. <laughs> that's how it feels to play this game, because your jump it doesn't you can't move around. Like once you, it's like the old style when you you like have like to Castlevania. Yeah, as oh, Ego Raptor said, as Ego Raptor would say, you have to make a marriage proposal to your jump. <laughs> yes. Right, right. Yes. When, once you jump, that's it. And mm. it, uh, it, that right there kind of ruined the game for me, um, mm. because the platforming gets a little tense. Like you have to make these. There's like a, only one right way to to play this game, and this is it. You have to make those jumps yeah. at that time. You have to make sure you press A again so you can do the flip to kill the monster that's in mid air. <laughs> like it's just, it, it's very. I don't know, like, this is the way you're supposed to play. You have to play it yeah. this way type of feel. And I don't know if I like games like that. I, I, I prefer harder... I prefer games where you can control a little bit more like Shovel Knight, you know? Or the game, uh, The Wings of V, when I was watching the, the trailer right now, like, you mm. seem like you have more movement. You seem like you could figure out more ways to defeat a boss other than just, like, this is the way. You know, you can move your character yeah. while it flies. Like, you feel like right. you are attached... You, you are making yourself feel like a BA other than like, you know, <laughs> the game is just like telling you this is how you be a BA. Not like right. you're figuring I, out yourself. No, it's, it's like you're walking on the same lines. Yeah, uh. it's actually it's actually good that you mentioned that because in the, the main boss fight that I'm like, it's like the first big boss fight. Uh, there are like five or six different attack patterns that it uses and each of them like employs one of the techniques that you used in order to dodge it. Like that you learn throughout the level, which is why I'm making a video on it because it's really smart. But um, depending on how well you can do each of these techniques, you can actually like deal damage to the boss during every cycle. But some are much easier than others. Some are like, you know, dodge this hit and then wait and then it'll come close and hit it. Other ones are like, you have to be like dropping off a ledge and fluttering and jumping back up to avoid it. But you can also hit it if you do it at the right spot. And so it's like. You know, the skill cap and how fast you beat that boss is based on, you know, your own skill, not based on, you know, how much the game wants to let you do good. It's like... Right, yeah. you, you kind of want to feel that, okay, you did it a certain way, you beat it, but then you watch someone else do it a different way entirely when you're watching a yeah. stream or something or, or, or uh, a speed run. You're like, oh my gosh, I never knew that you could do that because they yeah. figured it out because there's multiple ways to defeat the boss other than like, no... 
And, and Volgar is like, yeah, you, you you do this, and you know, like this is the way you're supposed to jump. This is the best way. It like, I don't know. It it doesn't leave room for making you feel accomplished um, through getting through an event. You don't want in a hard game. You don't want to get frustrated because the game controls is bothering you. You don't want to get frustrated right. like that. That's not I a think, really good hard game. I think that's the the, th the threshold is that I really like. I prefer games that have a high degree of controllability of your character, which um, is why I like Bayonetta so much. Play Dust Force. Okay, I think I actually <laughs> finally have it though. Uh, the, Seriously, the music, the art. <sighs> that game. That game is like. I, I actually have a, a, a streamer friend who was like he played Dust Force a lot, and then he picked up Super Meat Boy afterwards, and he couldn't get into it because he was so used to being able to like, he he was so used to having so much control both on air or in the air and on land like over his character that like he's like playing Meat Boy feels like I'm out of control because like I don't have anything other than that jump, but like in Dust Force you have so many options to recover even when if you're like everything's going terribly wrong you can get out of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, well, in Meat Boy, you still have a, like, run button that increases your trajectory and right, how long you hold you, it down can, like, you know kind of control. Yeah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't think like, anyone who plays Meat Boy ever lets go of the run button, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you have to I later in the game, but you get it. so yeah, used yeah, like to twice. holding down. <laughs> Maybe three times. Right, right. It's kind of like letting go of the accelerate button in Mario Kart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like Might holding well down the accelerate, down. that's like the default. You only tactically release it. Yeah. I, I mean that's why that's why I like Kirby Air Ride so much. You just you just move forward until you hit the button to stop. There's no no accelerating necessary because it just does it for you. You know, it's 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 like releasing the accelerate button is the brake button. <laughs> uh, but Hilarious. okay, anyways, I've been starting up a hard mode run of Bayonetta, and I'm having the time of my life with it. It is Great. very very hard, right? Um, which is important because it's hard mode, but it also it's like blowing my mind how how brilliant of a hard mode these these platinum games have. They're mm -hmm. optional challenges. Uh, if anyone's played through Bayonetta, they'll know what an Alfheme is. It's just like an optional challenge room where you, they give you a super duper hard challenge with no consequence for failure whatsoever, but a great big reward at the end, like a heart piece or something. Also, right. like you know, I, if anyone who's played Bayonetta, they probably get it. I love how this game's so self-aware. It's full of references. Like you mm -hmm. collect rings, like in Sonic, and they're heart pieces, like in Zelda. But anyways, um, you have no consequence for failure in these super duper hard challenge rules. Yeah, challenge rooms, but you uh -huh. cannot go back to them later. So it's because of just how highly controllable the character is. It feels like combat could play out any which way every single time it begins and ends. Uh -huh. And so I've just like gotten into this loop where I grind away at these challenge rooms for like an hour at a time, and I don't <laughs> really even feel the repetitive nature of it. And eventually, I finally beat it after like an hour and go back into the main level and suddenly all of the fights that were giving me such a hard time there are like super duper easy. Uh -huh. and, and I just like look at what I am then capable of after practicing at it for an hour and see how much good that actually made me as a player. And, and, and I'm amazed. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, it is for sure. And, and they also, like, managed to incorporate it in the pacing of the level itself by having 
the <laughs> the thing that gets you good at the game as um, consequent fr- consequence free optional challenge rooms that you could miss entirely. Yeah, yeah. It's it rewards the uh, the observant player and the player who's willing to go out of their way. So you, and so yeah, you've been enjoying the Wii U then. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I have it set up in my room now. So um, I okay. <laughs> Because, you know, my, my monitor can do 1080p and my um, TV can't. Right. Ah. So, gotta, get, uh, gotta make use of that rare Nintendo HD. I know. They're like the only <laughs> ones who can apparently do it, which is so weird. But also it's kind of a double-edged sword because um, I think right now the only two games I have that supported are Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Mm. And I mean... When, when, you, when you're playing it in 1080p, the menus look goddamn amazing. <laughs> and then the actual game starts. Yeah. And it's oh. like, wow, that's a lot of aliasing everywhere. Yeah, it's, it, it is kind of weird. Like, uh, it's not I, I bad. You, it's just like a, a weird, unexpected side effect. Yeah, and even things like the in Smash Brothers, the assist trophies and Pokeballs being frame-locked at 30 frames per second, even though the rest what? of the game runs at 60, is really it's really interesting. It kind of it can mess with your vision a little bit. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, mm. only the assist trophies and uh, Pokeballs. Uh, the Anything that comes out of those is frame-locked at 30 frames per second. That's, I'll look for that next time. I probably won't be able to unsee it now that you mentioned it. Right. Yeah. It's, like, but, uh, not huge. Like, if you don't know, then you won't know. But, you know, it's it's something that's weird. So, just thought I'd put that out there. But yeah, it, like no one told me Mario Kart would be the best looking game of the year. Oh, it's gorgeous. Because it is. Like, I, I played The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which has like a, a beautiful forest. But I mean, it's, it's a forest. But when you right. load up Mario Kart, you're like swooping through some kind of weird ass Electrodome fantasy land that looks <laughs> like a, a next gen F-Zero level. And it's gorgeous. Right. And uh, Apparently, it's also running at 1080p and 60fps, which no one else can do for some reason. Yeah, it's super good. It's it's really, really beautiful. Especially for a Nintendo game. It's great to see Nintendo games in HD, finally. Their art style fits it really well. Yeah, Everything's so smooth and clean. A lot mm-hmm. of solid colors and and uh, shiny shading. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how about, how about uh, Ian? What games have you been playing lately? Uh, I haven't. Any? I haven't had a ton of time to, like, play lately. I've mostly been playing, like, little games that I can squeeze in when I'm taking a break from something. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been playing some Coptra, which is this old Vlambeer game on Congregate. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of like you play a little helicopter that you control with WASD and use the mouse to, like, aim your guns and shoot. Um uh-huh. And just the screen is really small, Ooh. so you don't have a lot of space to maneuver in, and enemies are just kind of flying at you from every direction. I, right. I really like this distinct Vlambeer screen-shaking oh, yes. <laughs> effect. Um, and you get power-ups once in a while from shooting enemies that are, like, basically the Contra power-ups. So there's, like, right. there's laser and there's spread and <clears throat> there's missiles, but then they stack. So you can mm. have, like, laser missiles that also spread... Um, and oh, then, perfect. And then, like, your power-ups run out over time, and the game is, like, it's really short because you will not live for more than, like, 45 seconds if you're really good. <laughs> oh, wow. And between that, like, I've also been playing, I've been replaying Knit Stories because I do that every time I get a new laptop. Is like, okay, <laughs> like, download Firefox, download Adblocker, and download Knit Stories are, like, the first three things I do when I get a laptop. Great. Great. <laughs> So, yeah. What is what is knit stories? 
Oh, Knit Stories is like it's one of the old like classic. Um, this is this is new to me. It's it's an indie game from like back in the day, like when indie games were kind of first starting out. Um, it's by Niflos, who did uh, Within a Deep Forest and Night Sky and this uh, is, uh, Sarah. This, this is the character. I believe the the main character's name is Junie. Yeah. 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 Junie. Okay. Um, yeah. They. Um. She makes a cameo appearance as a character in One Thousand One Spikes. Really? That's that's where I heard of this from. I, I was wondering where I heard the name Knit Stories, but looking it up now. Um, yeah, is it Knit Stories or Nif Stories? It's like well, K-N-Y-T. Oh. According to actual, I think it's Swedish, so it's actually Knut or something, but we, uh, um, we Yankees say Knit. Right, it's just <laughs> like we all say Mojang, even though it's Mojang. Mojang. Wait, really? Yeah, the, uh, the correct what? pronunciation is Mojang. Yeah. Oh my god. My my whole life has changed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and Knit Stories is just like it's a very it's mostly about atmosphere. Like you don't really have any way of combating enemies when you face them. You just sort of have to avoid them. Um and it's kind of Metroidy in that you run around and like pick up little power-ups that give you new abilities and that lets you access new areas. And it's uh, largely just there's one every knit story is one really, really large level and you just explore it and it just feels good to explore it. There's like really nice ambient music and the sound design is really just like very quiet, but also very like tight and it feels really good to just run around. Yeah, this this definitely looks like one of those games where I'm like, oh man, I need to play this. And then like four years from now, I'm going to be like, I still need to play Knit Stories, but um, I should definitely pick this up. It's worth checking out. Niflos is an interesting developer because like he makes knit and knit stories really well and almost everything else he's done has sort of seemed like taking the elements that worked for those games and trying to rearrange them and I they rarely feel like they work when they're rearranged. Uh-huh. Um so yeah, he's very frustrating because he keeps having these like bits of games that I really like, but I end up just going back and playing the old ones that I liked the first go round. Mhm. Interesting. I all- I also have a funny story about a game that George played recently. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, so in your video that you put up today, you talked about neocolonialism. Oh, yeah. So Does someone else in the world played neocolonialism. <laughs> uh, the developer is a friend of mine. Um, oh, OK. He's, he's a local dev named Seth. And the reason he sent you that press release in the email is because I told him, hey, you know, like if you want to get on YouTube, <laughs> I at least know this one YouTube channel I subscribe to. I know the guy likes strategy games, so you might want to send it. And then, like, today I'm going to wow. be on the podcast, and that video comes out, and I'm like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's one so thing funny. leads to another. And, and you didn't know about that either. Like, I didn't tell anyone. Well, I did tell someone who's, yeah, I don't know, like a friend in personal levels. But, yeah, like, that's that's an incredible coincidence. Yeah. So that's my funny story. Huh. Okay. I, and I like, I gotta say though, <laughs> of all the press releases I've gotten in my inbox, <laughs> that was a good one. That was a really good one. Like the subject line, a Marxist strategy game is, <laughs> is it grabs your attention right off the top. I'm digging it up right now. And like the first few sentences are hilarious. It's of course, Hey George, neocolonialism is available on Steve looking at reviews and strategy games. I thought you might want to check it out, which is like very standard. But then the first sentence is in neocolonialism, you play as a banker and try to extract as much wealth from the world as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like amazed. Cause I was like, wow, this sounds right up my, my really weird alley. 
See, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say this is this is a thing that happens every week on the podcast. Is you always mention like, oh, yeah, in the video I did today, and I'm always like, oh yeah, I need to watch that. I never ever watch your video before we do the podcast. You would actually like this week's video because it's about little indie games. The I, I made a little roundup of games that I have only seen in my inbox that, that have never seen anywhere else on the internet. Oh, uh, interesting. So um, like, was, that was like the sole rule that uh, wow. I, I, I dug through my inbox and tried to find four actually interesting, good-looking games from there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, Revolver 360 was one, because I still never saw anyone on the internet talk about that, even though I've been tweeting about how awesome it is. And the other three were um, a Zelda clone you would probably enjoy called Elliot Quest. I, and I have a, heard uh, of that. I've never seen anything. I've heard the name. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of not surprised you have heard of it, because it does sound like, like your jam. It's a <laughs> side-scroller. Um, some very, very, like, hard, precision-intensive areas, but a side-scroller Zelda 2 clone. Oh, interesting. Um, there's a Six Degrees of Freedom flight combat game called Neon Excesses, and then Neo-Colonialism at the, at the very end. And in the first tutorial of Neo-Colonialism, the first sentence you see says, In this tutorial, you will learn the basics of how to ruin the world. Click OK <laughs> to proceed. You click OK, and it says, Excellent. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Definitely uh. interested. It's uh, it's a super cool game, and, and I'd really like to see what it plays like with other human beings. Perhaps, Ian Danskin, if you are available sometime, maybe we'd be able to check it out, because um, uh, it's, it's, it's a brilliant, <laughs> a brilliant little game. This it, is the uh, part where I have to admit, and Seth, if you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> I have still oh, never no. actually played his game. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Well, now you have a great excuse to. It's especially <laughs> embarrassing because I helped him demo it at PAX East. Great. Oh, and people would come up gay. and be like, how do you play this? And I'd be like, uh, here's the tutorial. I don't know. <laughs> Ask Seth. He's over there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, that's great. Well, but, okay, uh, okay, it's like really cool. Like, ah, you, I'm sorry, but it's really cool. You, you invest um, certain stakes of claim in areas with votes that all the players have to like share a little bit of influence on, or else they're considered the dictatorship of a region and can be instantly thrown out at any time. So you're actually supposed to make stuff you can only do with other human beings when you're playing this. Like, you're supposed to make secret alliances with them and then, mm-hmm. like, sweep the votes out from under their feet at the at the precise moment when their term as prime minister is about to end and they want to invest more money into some other region. And that stuff you, like, can't really do that well with an AI. Like, like he tried, but, um... It's not not quite like civ levels of flushed out AI diplomacy, and and that's why I really really want to check out the multiplayer sometime. Hmm. We should set up a game with Seth. A game of Seth. A game with a game Seth. With Seth. Oh, <laughs> with, but, yeah, but with not of. He'll he'll kick our asses. He'll exploit way more wealth from the world than we will. <laughs> well, he'll have the biggest secret bank account of us all. <laughs> <laughs> but you will learn a lot about yourself. And that's I, I really the most important part. I am afraid to know part. that. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. Like, the, the, the really, really sinister message, like, is shoehorned in there. It's, like, obvious. There's no subtlety behind it whatsoever. It is, is unapologetically anti-capitalist, capitalist strategy. <laughs> that's, uh, sounds, uh, sounds like something a little deeper than... I think what? it's super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to watch your video after the podcast, as always, to go... 
to go see what that's all about. It's okay. You're you're gonna like this week's one. <laughs> uh, I think that brings us to Matt. What have you been playing this week? Oh, um, other than uh, trying out Volgar, some Peggle Two on the off time, Volgar. and Naughty Bear. <laughs> Um, uh, still, uh, yeah, I finished it. I finished it, okay. and I hate, I hate myself for it. Yeah, I, I, you know, got, got to write the review and everything. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be. Oh my gosh, I have so much to say about that. But yeah, yeah, um, wow. I haven't really played much. Um, you know, the, just like little games here and there. It, mm-hmm. it, it's too too much too much of the IRL life, you know. You know that game, that boring game that we all have to go through every day. Yeah, that yeah. that too much of that has been seeping in. Um, but I'm going to mm-hmm. be back to games next week. And um, oh, also, uh, the serial podcast uh, took me away. Oh yeah, well. a friend of mine, at a mutual friend of ours, Matt, really wants me to a real life friend wants me to get into that, and I. I keep coming up with excuses, and then it's, I haven't been keeping up with my running schedule, which means I haven't been keeping up with podcasts. And you could put this on why, why it's like a murder mystery, you know, and it just finished. In your ears. Yeah. We, we are traveling back in time to the 40s <laughs> yeah. so that we can listen to radio shows about murder mysteries that, that keep us coming back every week. It's okay. It's okay, George. Everybody and their mother at the office has been trying to sell me on it, and I'm, I'm doing the same thing, same thing making up excuses that don't really exist well, to it, just it, like, it's, it especially sucks because my excuses to not listen to podcasts people are recommending me are gonna fold into my excuses for why I haven't been working out lately yeah because that's the only time in my day where I can really like squeeze in an hour and a half podcast yeah yeah I do it while I'm washing laundry doing house stuff cleaning and uh, cooking breakfast in the morning and then that's that's pretty much oh I miss breakfast <laughs> you should probably eat that George Probably, probably. Yeah, that. but it takes time. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot more time than just pouring a cup of coffee. Nobody, nobody's coffee. In a, as unhealthy as me. No, That's I'm fine. out of coffee too. <laughs> like it, it's just hammering in how how I need to get my shit back together. Really. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not um, the greatest thing ever. It's just you know, it's it's cool. It's cool. It, it, yeah. it, anyways, what's 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 cereal? What's what's the basic setup here? Okay, I'll be quick before we go on the break. Uh, okay, it, okay, it, okay. Basically, it, it's it's a murder mystery. It's by the people who make um, this radio show called This American Life, and they do stories on there as oh, well. Oh yeah. Uh, the, it's based it's based on one story about this guy who she. Some people say he was innocent. Some people say he was guilty. You know, that whole thing going around. And she goes through the motions. She has uh, interviews. Uh, she records all of these. She she puts up tapes from, like, court and stuff like that. So you're like, it, it's like being in her brain and she's giving you what she found for the week. Every week. And it's like you're Whoa. involved in trying to solve this murder with her. And this is all live too. Like this is not something like she wrote the script of, and then she um, uh, she's like recording them, and then they come out every week. No, like this is like like you will hear things that happen in that week, you know. And I it has this real like if you're listening to it, I guess while it's going on, it makes you feel like you're a part of it. I guess you know in some weird way. And uh, it sounds it sounds Charlie Kaufman esque. It scratches an itch that I never knew I had. You know, interesting. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's good. It's 
it got me grabbed in, and it's only like twelve episodes. Like it's not, it's not. And that's that's also another selling point. Yeah, that's I mean, a, I don't want to have to commit. Point. I don't want to have to to commit to a marriage proposal to whatever new podcast. Right, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to catch week. up on like thirty episodes, like some dumb video game podcast. You know? <laughs> no, no, that that would be lame. <laughs> oh my gosh. You wouldn't uh, be talking about us, would you? That, that's that self-deprecating. <laughs> anyway, anyways, I think that uh, that self-deprecating note would uh, would be a good point to kind of go off for a a self-appreciating break. When things start changing right before your eyes. When shapes just seem to appear out of nowhere. When the whole world seems transformed. You've been Tetrisized. Nintendo introduces Tetris. It will mesmerize you. Tetris challenges the mind and puzzles the imagination. No other game can stack up to Tetris. Nintendo, now you're playing with power. And there's another thing, Mikhail. The kids, kids these days. Tetris, Schmetris, all the time it's Tetris, Tetris, Tetris they want to play. And it's not just in Russia. All over the world it's Tetris, Tetris. Whatever happens at Unicycle, at the ball. It's a changing world. Alright, um, are we ready? Uh, yeah, ready whenever you are. So yep. we'll okay. just have a, another quick moment of silence and George will lead us back in. Yeah. Hello and w- <laughs> <laughs> That was Alex, he's sorry. Okay, so a quick moment of silence again. Lead us back in again. Hello and welcome to the COVG podcast, where we tell you something incredibly unexpected and weird every week. This week, that uh, that thing that is unexpected and weird is that tell- <clears throat> Telltale Games is making a single-player narrative-driven uh, game based off of the Minecraft IP. Yep. Um, in their own words, Minecraft Story Mode will be an all-new narrative-driven game series developed by Telltale in collaboration with Mojang. Yeah. Set in the world of Minecraft, the series will feature an original story driven by player choice. It will not be an add-on for Minecraft, but whether a separate standalone product that will premiere in 2015 on consoles, computers, and mobiles. Yep. How the hell does does uh, does this work? How do you have... How, uh, huh? Like, okay, literally... The one thing that I want to know right the fuck now is, is this going to be blocky Minecraft graphics or are we going to get like Steve, like the Minecraft Steve as like a like bulky human male man like oh. walking around and like, hello, it's gonna my be name cubes, is Steve. Dude. It's going to be is cubes. Is it going to be cubes? I bet it's going to be cubes, dude. I mean, Telltale How has it, usually been pretty it, faithful to whatever art style their, like, property has, right? Right, right, right. I don't know. This is... Okay. A lot of people on Twitter this morning were, were going nuts over this, saying, like, there was a bunch of jokes, and I, I joined in for a bit, like, you know, Telltale Games presents Solitaire, and everybody had a good laugh. 
but um, I really don't. I, I, I now know what people were joking. Like I saw one guy <laughs> post a joke picture that was a screenshot of Minecraft, and in the upper corner it had that telltale font that said "blank blank will remember this," yeah, right. except it said "no one will remember this." <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Ouch! Um, That's a burn. Well, okay. right there. Here, I mean, the, the idea of Telltale Solitaire is not that far off because they've already done two <laughs> poker games. Have they? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The night at the inventory. Yeah, poker oh, night at the inventory. Interesting. Um, well, okay. But I mean, that's still like. Here, I, here's yeah, my narrative-driven poker games. Here, here's my thoughts on this. My, I don't think the Minecraft idea is bad. I think they can do this. I think if anybody can do this, it's Telltale. My only fear is that Telltale has been putting out a lot of games lately. A lot of games lately, and yeah. I'm not sure if it's like healthy for their for them to like continue just cranking out game after game. Because I mean. It, it's in like the past two years we've gotten what like four five am i just making that up like i feel like we had, the episodes Dead, too. We had borderlands right we but... had game of thrones and um wolf among us yeah that's four yeah four games because I, I mean i know that the episodic thing like that's fine because that's just part of each game but like in walking dead season two i believe you said this in your video george uh they lost the writers for walking dead season one right right and so like I don't. I don't know. I just they're, don't they're know. They're off making Firewatch now. I don't know if this is like a good thing for them to keep like milk, like not milking, but like jumping onto like new IPs and like now it's a Telltale game. Like I, I feel I like well, I feel oh, like sorry. Telltale is in a really weird position too because like before Walking Dead, they basically just made like LucasArts style adventure games that you know uh -huh. like they were a a few like really subtle like evolutions that they threw in like they started throwing in some QTEs and stuff but for the most part it was like pretty classic and kind of kind of dumbed down design from the 90s mm -hmm. and then like they say oh these two guys who've never led a project by themselves before let's hand a property over to them and then they made Walking Dead and they were like let's make it all about making really difficult choices that are going to permanently change the game and let's take right. out most of the puzzles and let's put in a lot more QTEs but do them in this different interesting way and like base it off of you know Indigo Prophecy um, <laughs> oh god I, yeah like it's important to remember like pre Walking Dead Telltale games were not as received as well at all and no like, like, they, like their model since then has just been like let's make a Walking Dead version of whatever new property Telltale has right. but then like as soon as they released Walking Dead and it made like shitloads of money and lots of awards like those two people who made it what it was immediately left and founded their own company and now all the people who did the old thing are trying to recreate what they did with different properties yeah and that just seems like a really awkward position for them to find themselves in that like they they didn't really create this thing and now instead of like i don't know continuing to innovate the way that the last team did they're just like okay keep doing that other thing because that's successful now yeah that i that's that is a much much more well verbiated version of what i was <laughs> thinking <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little, I don't know how they divide their company I don't know you know how many people are working on each individual game if all of them are working on the same you know Game of Thrones and Tales of from the Borderlands but it, 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 take it up another game I, I I want I want their games to be good because I'm interested in Tales from the Borderlands I enjoyed the first episode I don't 
want the next couple episodes to be downgraded you know already in the first episode you know the first one was very highly received yeah it was good and but it was you know it still had the same problems with the janky and for um you know animations you know if it it felt like it could have smoothed it out a little bit a little bit more polish would have been nice even though i really enjoyed it but you know i i feel like I don't know. They might be tossing these out too, too much. Too, too. There are a lot of weird looking animations in, in the season two of Walking Dead. Like first episode, like Clem is throwing a frisbee that clips through her knee. <laughs> oh it, my it's gosh. really obvious and uh, it just kind of pulls you out. Right. Well, like the, the other thing that I'm kind of like not equating this to, but it's just like something else that I'm thinking that has it's on my mind when I think about this Minecraft thing is like. Platinum has also been putting out quite a few games as of late, and they just put out Korra, and that one hasn't been pretty highly received. <laughs> the first bad Platinum game. Like, I mean, and that's that's the thing, is like, you know, we haven't gotten a bad Telltale, Telltale game yet. Like, not like, we've gotten well, pretty good ones. Bad three Walking Dead Telltale games. Right, but like, I'm saying, like, yeah, after the whole Walking the Dead future. thing. Matt <laughs> yeah. played the CSI one. Right. Yeah. That was a but good when, game. What I'm saying is, after they hit their stride with the Walking Dead games, right. we haven't seen, like, a really, like, oh, man, yeah, you know, like, that one was bad. Like, pretty, you know, commonly known as a bad game. and Objectively y- bad. You know, you're right. And then, like, <laughs> Platinum kind of had the same thing. Like, every, most Platinum games are, like, really highly received or, like, well-received and everything. And then they did this Korra game, which should be, like... Oh, a Korra game, you know, a big IP, and it's being given to a great company, and then it kind of was not well-received. That makes me scared for things like this Minecraft Telltale game, because it could be the exact same, you know, situation. It, it, it was so weird when Korra came out, too, because it's like, oh, it's from Platinum. And some yeah. people were like, oh, you know, it's fine. It, it, as long it, the the controls were, were good. And you know I can fight as Korra. That's all I needed from from Platinum. I mean, what do you? I mean, what do you mean? Yeah. Didn't you expect more? I'm like, hold up. Are you are you just so hyped mm. up on everything that they make that it's gonna be good? Like I, I'm definitely not yeah, gonna be like with Telltale. Everything if they come out with a crap game, is... I'm gonna call them out, even though I yeah. like it. <laughs> I mean, I, I still need to get you over here and and show you Bayonetta. All right, ne- next week. Next week we should be good. You think you can? Yeah, because because you're still moving. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> craziness i just came back from a wedding oh my god yeah well the i guess what i mean to say is um is is i i still have to expose you to the good platinum games that did get everyone hyped up for cora yeah because cora yeah they didn't spend it it feels like it was unfinished and they didn't have enough time so they kind of like you know kind of they didn't have, have enough time to put the jelly in the peanut butter sandwich, you know? Peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, it's very important, you know? And they missed it, you know? They didn't toast the bread. They didn't cut off the edges, you know? They didn't do any of that. You know, they just kind of handed you, like, a peanut butter sandwich. I mean, some people might like that, right? Because some people did. So, I, that's a, I mean, that, that analogy ended up maybe, like, five times better than I thought it was going to be going into it. I do so many of those. <laughs> I was like, you know, this this analogy, this is a stretch at best. And at the end, you just really clenched it out, and it was uh, it was a good analogy. Really. So speaking of inappropriate and perhaps undeserved hype, um, we, we've all heard of of this game. It uh, 
It, it reminds me a lot of games that were popular during my childhood and then became unpopular for the rest of my life. This, uh, this game called Hatred. Mm. I actually, it, I'm gonna preface <laughs> this topic with the fact that I had never heard of this game until this became a news topic. Same. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like, it, you're not gonna hear of this game outside of the news. Anyways, um, the news that, that this game was in this time is, uh, it was removed from from Valve's Greenlight service on yeah. Steam, yep. and and that happened for like a day, and then it got back on. the The idea being that the content was was too extreme for for the Steam marketplace, and traditionally they have been um, withholding releases of either AO rated games or indie games that exhibit the signs of being of of getting the AO rating. Mm -hmm. And I guess um I don't know, like I really don't know how I am supposed to feel about this because like I don't really know what it plays like like it's yeah. not out yet I don't really right. know if people can fairly judge like I guess you could fairly make an assessment from the trailer that this is a game all about killing civilians who are helpless and whatnot and it's just this like edgy cathartic release piss party but on, on another level like I don't know if I can fairly make that assessment because it's not out yet and everyone is doing <laughs> that and they're giving it so much exposure yeah. out of the sheer controversy of it. Like, I can't stand these, um, <laughs> when it was first announced, like, Polygon had two days worth of interview features with the developers where the developers were just saying over and over again, they're like, yeah, we are here to shock people. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to get bad press from it and sell lots of copies because of it. Yep. Thank you, Polygon. Yeah. And, and wow. the, the, the coverage just kept coming. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, wow. What, okay. <laughs> I, I've been hearing some mixed things about this. It was it put back up. Is it up? Yeah, it was. It was. So it's... They, they they say they got a note from Gabe Newell himself, actually, who, um, who orchestrated the the what what's the word the the repeal of the decision to repel it. I I want to imagine in my head that this note from Gabe Newell was a handwritten post-it note sent to them in a letter. Like physically, <laughs> not like an email or anything. With with scented perfume sprayed on the envelope. Yes, scented perfume, valve scented perfume. But also, on the other hand, like I've always thought, like I'm one of those weirdos who wants the Steam marketplace to actually be more open. Yeah. Like I don't have much of a problem with them putting crap games on there because statistically they don't sell very well, even when YouTubers like make hilarious videos showing how bad they are. I mean, like there already is plenty of of garbage on the steam marketplace to begin with yeah i and mean then, like but there still is a precedent of them taking games off before both for content reasons and quality control reasons right like like usually it involves people having sex instead of killing people that you know that's okay right but um <laughs> but but it, i guess and this i because i still don't know how i'm supposed to feel like i don't want to play it i don't like it right. i think it's distasteful and i'm also not going to give it any media coverage unless it needs to after it comes out yeah because that's everybody, like the sole deciding factor is everybody up to speed on what the premise of this game is i like i, I, I know I think very so. little about it I, there, well, there, basically there are teaser trailers you're you're a white guy on like it might as well be like the sandy hook simulator oh, like man. it's you're a white dude who picks up a bunch of weapons and goes out to murder as many civilians as you can because you hate the world so much. Right. Um, and it's just kill as many innocent people as you can until you get killed. And it's a deliberate, like, suicide murder mission is the entire premise of it. Um, okay, well, that's... And, um, 
And the trailer has like a lot of like isometric angles of you shooting people, but there's apparently parts where it zooms in to do like really more graphic executions. Yeah. Um, and I noticed in the trailer that like there's lots of different types of people that you can kill, but the ones when it zooms in are like seemed disproportionately like the most gruesome murders were mostly like people of color. Um, mm. And the people who designed the game, like there's a lot of conflicting information about it, but at the very least, they seem to have made a lot of public shows of being associated with a lot of far right politics. Oh, yeah, there's there's that oh, whole deal with it, too. They've sort of waffled back from that a lot and they insist like, no, no, I like this far right, like anti-Muslim group on Facebook just because I want to hear the news posts that they share. I don't actually support them, um, but there's like. Four different developers have some sort of like suggestive link like that that implies that they have a tie to some super far right, like anti gay or anti Islam or basically just pro Christian and anti everything. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Whoa. So, like, it's it's weird and gross and uncomfortable, and I can't entirely tell, like, like how much it matters if they are or aren't actually like white supremacists because it's still about like and that's like another thing like I, ultimately at the end of the day I think it's about the game more than anything about the developers and but still like it's still nasty I mean okay how it, it just surprises me on one hand like deep down I knew it would just be only a matter of time until someone does this or they make a game about killing civilians that also seems to have from the trailers really high production values which is weird because because that, has that happened since Postal 1? Like, Postal 2 had a, a degree of comic relief to it that, I mean, it didn't take itself seriously, which I guess still didn't make it a good game. And Postal 3 had you killing bad guys who were going to kill you, and this was, was like what about, over uh, 10 years. What about Manhunt? Wasn't that more recent? No, no, Manhunt had you killing bad guys who were going to kill you. Oh. All right, well, I know nothing. You sound disappointed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's another thing. Like, they make comparisons to Manhunt. I've always felt the controversy around Manhunt was kind of weird as well, because it's like a, a basic stealth game, but with, like, a, the edgy, I don't know, window dressing. Yeah. Like, like you're still killing people in self-defense. When Ian was a but, but not in hatred, you aren't. I mean, like, it's presumably from the trailers. It's interesting, like this, this, the degree to which a lot of people are saying, like, "Whoa, this is crossing a line." Where I'm like, I sort of agree that it's crossing a line, but it's interesting when people compare this to GTA or something, and they say, like, at least in GTA, you have a choice of not murdering people, and it's like, well, <laughs> technically yeah. in this game, you will have a choice not yeah, to you, murder. You can walk people. around and lose, but like, yeah, you are I, still incentivized to kill people, and the idea that like slightly different presentation suddenly makes that reprehensible is like well maybe a lot of stuff we do is arguably reprehensible in games and maybe that's worth talking about i think right. it's and it's also like super weird interviews with these guys like talk about that and and they also like blatantly acknowledge how they're fishing for controversy yeah i mean it's I... it's kind of hilarious and weird and uncomfortable and i don't know what to think about it and I they're mean, simultaneously like... insisting that like they're doing it for controversy but also insisting that it's apolitical that like and they're also doing it because video games are too politically correct for them nowadays yeah the problem with video games <laughs> is we have too much gone home and not enough call of duty not enough not enough so uh, not enough guns and violence in video games in summary nope. in summary this is a shitstorm. yeah yeah totally great well one Fantastic. of the reasons i think it got brought back to 
green light is because a lot of gamer gators like started championing it and saying that it got, you know, like, oh, this game is getting censured because of too many social justice warriors, like, corrupting video games. And now they're, not only are they super happy that it's come back, but they're actually asking the developers to put, like, famous social justice warriors in the game so they can murder them. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like... I am not one of the people to ever be like, oh yeah, video games totally advocate violence and, you know, playing violent video games will make you a violent person. I don't believe, I, I think that, like, that's right. a very, very small, small, you know, part of that argument. But asking someone to put people you don't like in a game that is about killing innocent people so that you can kill them, that's, uh, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it reminds wow. me of uh, ethnic I mean, cleansing. <laughs> yeah, mm. th- there have been only a couple games like this, I yeah. think, in, in the history of the game that have been like this blatant and deliberate about how distasteful it wants to be. Yeah, you guys ever seen? Because I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I know what that oh, okay. is. <laughs> yeah, I know not, what not that quite, is. Not quite as uh, uh, good looking as uh, hatred. Yeah, it didn't have the production values. <laughs> The the Unreal Engine giving it a layer of sheen that uh, <laughs> that 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 those other games didn't have. God, right? Hey, you know what's what's good news? Yeah, let's, let's move into whatever you have to say. Whatever I have to say is that Humble Bundle has raised fifty million for charity Fantastic. over the past four years since it's been out. Yeah, yeah. Man, good news, I am, dude. I am proud to have contributed maybe five to maybe ten dollars of that. I think I think I got a good fifteen of it. I've bought some bundles in my time. Yeah, I'm, I'm just being. Same, yeah. I'm just being. You know, being facetious. I, I'm being that guy who does one cent for every bundle. It's like a. Oh no, really? It's like a multi-layered joke. I, I've actually no. I I always pay the the average. Was, okay, because you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, and I I always do like. Speaking of guilt trips, I always do like eighty percent of it to charity too. I like uh I like that they donate to charity. It's nice. But yeah, I've always wondered about whether or not the Humble Bundle model is profitable. Apparently a lot of developers like it, and now these charities like it, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the way a lot of um, indie games should go. And, well, I bring that up because I kind of want to skip ahead here. Um, Retro City Rampage published their two-year sales info, which is technically another news topic, but kind of folds into it, and in that they... Um, these, these numbers they're releasing also kind of suggest that maybe these super cheap PC game sales like Humble Bundles might actually be kind of devaluing the the purchasing or eh, the price point of these games to a point that might not be healthy in the long term. Yes. Yes. Finally, something I agree with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, finally? <laughs> I'm, I mean, like, I don't know. A lot of people talk about, like, I guess that was that was a very out of context statement that I just made, but like. Everyone, everybody that I see talking about video games these days is like, oh, I'll buy it when it comes on sale. And I'm just like, just buy it now. Because, like, the basic not... price point of, of a 2D indie game nowadays is, like, $15. Like, like that's, that's what Shovel Knight that's launched That's, like, a at, high price, even. $10 right. is, like, the average, and $5 is, like, the, like... Sweet norm, I guess. Yeah, which which at no point in history would ever be considered a bad price until right now for some reason. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, Retro City Rampage sold um, most of its copies through PC. However, it earned most of its money on PlayStation. Interesting. Which like shows that there's a discrepancy there. 
that, that the amount of games they're selling does not correlate to the amount of money they're selling if they're doing it on PC. Huh. And like traditionally, um, with, with AAA console games especially, you would see a disparity in the amount of numbers sold, mm-hmm. where the PC would be like such a small portion of the market, they wouldn't put a lot of effort into the, into the um, PC version of it. But now we see a game that was made for PC first, that got ported to consoles later, and actually made more money on consoles, even though oh it sold more and was made for PCs. Super well, weird. I- I think that game was not, like, it was first released on PC, but the way he designed it, like, he's... What is his name? I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, uh, let me, oh, let I me, feel so let bad. Let me bring it up. I follow no, him on Twitter. Okay. I'm such a ding dong. It's, it's the Retro City Rampage developer. So, yeah, his deal is, like, he's a phenomenal coder, and he was able to make this game that, like... He wrote it in such simple code that it was designed to be portable to basically any system. So while it released first on PC, his goal was like, I could port this game to Nintendo, like NES, really easily if I wanted to. Um, so, wow. like, which is why it's on so many platforms, is that mm-hmm. that was the plan from the beginning, is that it would be extremely cross-platform and extremely console light in terms of like how much RAM it takes. Huh. Good. <laughs> Good. That's great. Because, um... Games always need to be better optimized. It really weirds me out sometimes seeing how demanding a lot of 2D pixel art games are these days. And, uh... Speaking of 2D pixel art low-quality games being extremely demanding... <laughs> are we done uh, with Retro City Rampage already? I, I I don't know. I just felt that was a good transition. We could, uh, we could are, stick on a great City transition. Are you talking about the cutting-edge next-gen technology shown off in Assassin's Creed Unity. I was actually talking about Tetris on PlayStation 4, but we can, oh, we yeah, can go to... No, that's like a similar <laughs> topic, actually. Whichever Ubisoft flop we want to talk about because, first. No, ooh, sure. Because Tetris is exhibiting some of the similar technical problems that Assassin's Creed Unity is, <sighs> which blows my mind. Yeah. Um. So apparently, Ubisoft released a PS4 version of Tetris... Uh, either yesterday or the day before and a lot of users are having problems with low frame rates and frequent crashes and lots of stuttering and apparently if you have a large friends list like past the threshold of 200 on playstation network you will be experiencing this problem i don't know if they've patched it out yet but the first day was just like absolutely hilarious watching this uh this news fold out because it's Tetris. Yeah, it, it is Tetris. It's Tetris. And the thing is, as I watched, the, I watched the same IGN video that you that you linked. It is not even good looking Tetris. No, it's, it looks like Tetris. It's mediocre looking Tetris at best. It's like. But you know what? Before you get to the regular Tetris looking Tetris game, you have to opt out of the sign into you play menu, uh, so that you oh can't gosh. redeem your Ubisoft you play fun achievement reward points Please. for Tetris unlockables. Please. Please. That's and in Tetris. <laughs> And, okay, like, th- this also comes on top of another news story that I very briefly handed out, that AC Unity is in the news again for tech problems. Apparently they're releasing a 6.7 gigabyte patch that uh, includes a lot of um, remade engine assets, or I guess art assets, to uh, help with optimization. And uh, it's a 6.7 gigabyte patch to begin with, which is weird. Right. But also, on the Xbox One, a lot of users are experiencing a glitch where this 6.7 gigabyte patch has them downloading 40 gigabytes of game all over again. 
Um, <laughs> it just, which is like a whole. It's just, it just never ends. Wow. It just every single week. What, is, what the hell is happening with I, this company? I mean, like, in in the reality of it, I I would guess, even with all these problems that we've seen over the past few weeks, has anything really damaged? The reputation of, U- of Ubisoft. <laughs> I, I think so. I think there's going to be a lot more consumer confidence um, facing them next year. Like, uh, I, I mean, I would hope so. I would, I would very much hope you're correct. But like, uh, I don't know. I just yeah, feels like fair, there are Watch no... Dogs was still the highest selling IP, new IP ever, right? Right. right. But, but I guess we'll have to wait and see next time. But I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to feel burned by by getting repeatedly. Um, gimpy products for the first few days of their new ubisoft purchases when i see stuff like this happen i really wonder what the regular consumer thinks about this you know the people who don't look on the websites the the people who don't know you know read up on gaming nudes you know they expect to buy a console and everything work right they don't want to deal with a pc they don't want to deal with drivers they don't want to deal with getting a new graphics card they just want to buy a console and play games they got it assassin's creed unity because they like it they like killing (sighs) dudes right and then this crap <laughs> happens. I, I wonder, like, what's going through their mind? Right, like, hold up, do they buy? I wonder, do they actually buy the next Assassin's Creed, or do they stop? It makes me wonder about that. You know, are they going to lose sales over this, or you know, it's such a big franchise, and it's also such a big company. Like, I seriously suspect something is going on, some kind of corporate restructuring or downsizing in the QA department. <laughs> has had to have happened. They have a QA There needs department? to be some kind of excuse. Uh, it's, it's not funny because it's just so sad. Yeah. It's, it's a real. It's 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 a horrible tragedy. I mean, like to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, at least they actually do have a QA department. Whereas other uh, notable glitchy games this year, I believe Sonic. Sonic Boom had zero QA testers, if I remember, or one. How's that even possible? How's that even possible? It was like an absurdly small number of like. What happened to the golden age that has now long passed of decent QA departments? I I feel like that would be. I feel like there are troves of people that would be like, yeah, I'll play video games for free, whatever. Like, maybe. I feel like you could just get cheap QA testers, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I I, I feel. How, yeah. how does some, yeah. something like Sonic Boom happen, though? How do, how do you, how do you not? I, I guess it's guaranteed to sell because it's Sonic. <laughs> I, well, see, I feel like in that situation it was like a, well, this is happening. You know, this, are they selling this it is, because it's bad? Is this another angry video game nerd like movie plot twist <laughs> thing where basically no, I, I they make a bad game know. and it sells? Like, is this? <laughs> I this I mean, like Sonic Boom was Red Button, not like produced in-house by sega so like or not developed excuse me in-house by sega so like it was a a third party that they brought in to make this game and i feel like maybe what happened is like red button failed so hard that sega was like you know what this is gonna be a shitstorm when it comes out so let's put it out before the holidays so we get the holiday money for it and get back our investment that's like the the like optimistic view of what happened but because I'm, because I'm just hoping that there was never a person who was like, "Yeah, this is great. Let's ship it." You know, <laughs> I, I, I like how that's your optimistic point. Is that the people making it are cynical bastards <laughs> who know they'll make money? I mean, that's realistic, then, right? But calling that optimistic, okay, it's realistic, it's like, not optimistic. 
but no, even then, it's like framing it like like that's your standards for Sonic games. And on one hand, I kind of think you're right because people have kept buying Sonic games I mean, despite being now infamously of a consistently poor value. For full disclosure, for quality. Full disclosure, I hate Sonic. So uh, disclosure, <laughs> I thought Generations was all right. <laughs> I, I haven't played one in forever. Uh, you know, aside from bits and pieces here and there, ne- I've never like committed to one. Like the last one I played was Heroes, but I, I played uh, the first yeah. Adventures, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. it's good. <laughs> I, I mean, I liked Avent- uh, Sonic Adventure too, but I played the first one, and it was I, bad. Okay, I'm <laughs> glad you clarified what that noise was supposed to signify. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was, oh, sorry. That, that's vomit sounds. Okay, of vomit me sounds. Playing that and and. <laughs> My wife was actually playing it. She's like, where do I go? And I'm like, give me the controller. Because I'm thinking that it's like Sonic Adventure 2. I mean, I, I right. remember playing Sonic yeah, Adventure that's, 1. That's much more straightforward. Right. Yeah. You needed a strategy guide for Sonic Adventure 1. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like it, Sonic it was 06 very a little world. bit. Like, you had this open world. Yeah, Sonic 06 was, was hearkening. It was supposed to be Sonic Adventure 3 before they decided to make the title sound more like a reboot. Interesting that you guys would even say that, because I, I'm going to quote him on this. I know he's... This may not be completely accurate, but Alex in the office often says that if Sonic 06, if it were not for the glitches and like the like not finished design of it, that it would be equal quality with Sonic Adventure 1. Yeah. I think that's, I think I, that's, there's I think a ringing right. endorsement. I know, like, okay, so what and you're saying I turned, is, I turned to, even without... I turned to confirm with him, he said, yes, and that they are both bad. Okay, so that's, that's what <laughs> he said. Even without all the stuff that makes it borderline unplayable, it would be just kind it of would, bad. It would be on par with a Dreamcast quality game. I mean, it would still have what? that weirdly... The Dreamcast had great games. It would just... still be on par with, like, it would still have that weirdly photorealistic Dr. Eggman. Yes. Oh, God. And the weirdly, like, realistically proportioned civilian humans who are just hanging out <laughs> on the street. Like, you should not be able to walk past normal-looking human beings as this, like, freakish, anthropomorphic, oh. giant blue hedgehog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just... just- I suspect the problem with Sonic is that it's a bunch of adults who understand that it still seems to sell with kids, yeah. and they don't really know what the kids like these days. And they make a game, and they're like, what, maybe? Maybe that's what kids like? <laughs> they know, I, I don't know. I, they know that Sonic works, but they don't know why it works. Yeah, well, just, and they I, keep changing it. I, like, yeah. That's what's baffling to me. Is like Sonic has been sort of rebooted like five times since the Dreamcast <laughs> now. Like. Yep. They did Sonic 2006, then there was Sonic Generations, and there's, like, Sonic mm, 4. Sonic Unleashed. Yeah, Sonic, yeah. Sonic the And then Werewolf. Sonic 4. And these are all, like, these dramatic reimaginings of it, and it's like, I don't know. I said on Twitter a while ago that it's like, it's like if every movie Sony released was The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair yeah. enough. I, I, I'm actually, I... I I'm watching a Game Grumps right now. Okay. I'm going through their Sonic <laughs> Wait, Boom playthrough. Right now? And No, not right now, but these days. <laughs> okay. Don't let and, us keep and you, I actually laughed my ass off. Yeah, but I know people are going to be judging. But I laughed my ass off last night when, when I saw one segment where you... The, 
if you press the start button in the middle yes. of, of Knuckles' yeah. jump cycle, he resets so you can, like, air jump yeah. and, into a new area. Yeah. And they just, like, did that out into the middle of a lake in the middle of, of the water. There was a platform where a cutscene triggered where the camera swooped over to these, like, freakishly horrifying character designs that looked like old bearded mummified dogs in spacesuits right. who who said hey and freaked out about something and then the camera zoomed away and then the villain shows up in a spaceship he laughs maniacally and says oh i got you now i trapped you guys and then the camera swoops back and the game begins like it's setting up for a fight scene where he's gonna drop minions out of his spaceship but instead the spaceship just flies away <laughs> Oh. And nothing happens. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. how broken. I, I'm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. Like this all happens within like a two minutes. Right. No. No. I don't. I don't keep up with with game rooms. I have been watching Sonic Boom because it is unreal. So you levels. saw that part? Yeah, it's unreal. Oh the, my god. The game. The game is. It's, it's I, something else. I feel sad for like the kid who gets it on Christmas. Like the oh the mom's right? like yeah Sonic. Oh Sonic is good. Right? The, okay, that I equate that with the kid whose like unwitting grandma buys him uh transmorphers instead of transformers at the video store. And they're like, We got you the video you've been wanting and the kid is like, What's this? And they watch it and it's just the worst and they have like the worst Christmas because of that. That's what I'm equating the team with. Only it's not like knockoff brand. Transmorphers. <laughs> Transmorphers is a real movie made by a, a company that's like their mo is like we are going to rip the fuck off anything that's oh doing God. well and we're going to change the title by one letter. Oh They're the same guys who made snakes on a train. Laughing. Wow. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's real. It's real. Snakes on a train. Downloading now. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god, I have to I have to fan myself. <laughs> you got to fan yourself like a like a like a black woman. <laughs> oh lord Jesus. <laughs> why is why is it got to be anyways whatever. <laughs> two more two more topics. Two more real topics, quick, okay? Real quick. Yes, yes. I mean, get through the topics real quick. Oh, I thought you <laughs> no, were no, like no, real, real quick. quick with the I got to say something. <laughs> Let's go. Real quick. Hear me out, guys. Okay. DMC, Devil May Cry, Definitive Edition announced. Remastered in 1080p, 60fps with a bunch of extra features. This is a game that I guess, uh, I don't know, like you guys liked it. Oh, wait, oh, well, I mean, I mean, oh, wait. Jimmy in the office. I didn't even, I didn't even realize this is DMC. This is like, like DMC with noisy on the soundtrack DMC. Yeah, this is, this is Dante. The Adventures of Dante. This is asshole and, and Dante. Virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's getting remastered? That's the one. Well, they're going to make Devil May Cry 4 remastered later on, but this one's coming first. I thought this was... The, the oh new, my gosh! Okay, the new one. My my opinion immediately U turned on what this is. I'm so confused now. Wait, what was it before and what was it now? My opinion was like, okay, yeah, they're they're remaking the first Devil May Cry. Cool. <laughs> but now no, it's well, they're remaking I mean, like, the most the recent one of the what? Devil May Cry reboot series. Oh. I don't know. It didn't sell very well, and and they're still oh. doing it. Oh, right? they're remaking the new one. Right. <laughs> oh. Uh. <sighs> That's such okay. 
I mean, Ow. whatever. I like the soundtrack well, a lot. I didn't play the game. There, but there, there are a couple things here I find interesting. Like, it runs at 60 FPS, which one could argue is something that should have run on at the first place. Okay. You have a turbo mode, which makes the game run 20% faster, and a hardcore mode that makes the ranks uh, de-accumulate, de-depreciate, deteriorate faster, okay. and also more difficult to acquire. So they are they are taking some steps to enable some optional high difficulty modes that I guess are going to like try to appeal to, to people who like the better ones better and um <clears throat> and they're also bringing old dante back they're they're re-releasing uh dmc4 as well and well there's not a lot of uh information about well, that and that also isn't the best of the series yeah, like i'm, I'm gonna, gonna get say, excited when they announce dmc3 i was just gonna say they're bringing the old dante back by re-releasing the game that starts without the game dante. where he was half not in it yeah yeah, that one. By releasing the game where the only Dante parts are the parts where you backtrack through the Nero parts. Great. Yeah. That's the only one I played, so I can't really make fun because I'm not a fan of the series. But. Well, well, I've played 2, 3. Not, I've played a little bit of 2 and 4, mm -hmm. a little bit of DMC, and but all the way through 1 and 3 and had the time of my life in 1 and 3. So yeah. 2 was I don't weird, know. I, I, was it I, I, not? I, I, it's weird. I, I don't remember. It was like 2003. Dude, it, it was, was forever weird. ago. It was weird. It, 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 it wasn't highly reviewed. I remember yeah. that. I played the demo of it from the official PlayStation magazine mm -hmm. and um, and didn't bother the full version because reviewers were telling me to avoid it. Yeah, it was like made by like different. It almost felt like it was made by a different person. It's really weird. Uh... Borderlands Remastered Edition has been rumored, not officially announced, however, in Australia, the, uh, the, the wild, untamed, mysterious lands of Australia has a government classification board that rates its games, and they revealed an MA15 rating for Borderlands Remastered Edition. Interesting. So, uh, that might, that might be a thing happening, if this turns out to not be bullshit. I mean, that's the one that I played most extensively. I have Borderlands 2, I did not play it too much, didn't get yeah. into it. Um, <laughs> I, I do agree with you, because it is the only one I played, and also the one that made me decide not to keep going. Really? <laughs> further into the series, yeah. I don't know, I liked, I, I liked Borderlands 1 when I played it, but that was also at the time when I, you know, I was constantly on Xbox Live playing Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer and Halo 3 multiplayer and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I was I was in like my gamer kid phase where I was like, you know, <laughs> the good old days. The shooty, the shooty games and the AAA games. No responsibilities. Really you, you, you had your Mountain Dew next to your I Xbox did. 360 I with the custom faceplates. I have like a collection of those like steel Mountain Dew bottle cans that have the cool art on them. Gosh, this just sounds mm. so so stupid now. They have cool art on them, but like other than that, they're Mountain Dew, so I can't really take them seriously anymore. <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna be able to like enjoy Mountain Dew I, these days. I do have the one of those bottles is like the Gamer Fuel Halo whatever number like edition. That was that was even ridiculous back then. Yeah, that was pretty like silly back then when it was like Halo Gamer Fuel. Gamer fuel. <laughs> that was also when they were marketing gamer grub, and oh, now we have the Gunnar gamer glasses. Those, I mean, all those sorts just... of. Yeah, just download Flux. Just don't. Just, just set your brightness to fifty percent. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, though. Anyways, um, okay, so we got remastered editions of games that are like fairly recent. Like Borderlands is is definitely older than DMC three, right. but neither of them, like I guess, really look outdated at this point in time yeah i mean like 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 the the, <laughs> the curve of graphical progression was incredibly shallow last gen 
Like Borderlands still looks okay. It's not even that. I, I was, I just I was don't, playing it earlier this year, I, and it looks okay. I just don't think that last gen games need remasters until next gen. You know, I feel like you need to skip a gen for a remaster to be like wanted. I suppose is the you know because like Cause cause GameCube games. Uh, game, okay, like they remastered GameCube games like with with Wind Waker HD on the Wii U, and that that mm-hmm. makes sense to me because that was two generations ago. That was two consoles ago, as far as Nintendo is concerned. And that was, you know, 10 years ago. But if they remastered a Wii game, like if they did like Skyward Sword remastered, I'd be like, okay, I can still play the original one on the console that I have. Like, why would I buy the remastered version? That was like a few years ago at most. Like, I don't know. Also, it has backwards compatibility for Wii games right, on right. Wii That's U. And, and, and they, they, I don't think they'd be able to get away with this. <laughs> uh, I don't think they'd be able to sell, I guess, if uh, there was backwards compatibility on the current gen consoles. I mean that's sort of part of the plan, isn't it? Is like I, I think I kind of think I have some suspicions. <laughs> yeah, maybe make it not backwards compatible and sell you the game that you were playing last week because yeah. you can't play ironic, it on a new system. Right. Yeah, in an ironic twist of of either fate or planned obsolescence, my Xbox 360 broke, <laughs> so I rebought Bayonetta for a Wii U. Well, and also am eagerly anticipating a chance to buy the Metal Gear Solid 3 HD collection. <laughs> on whenever I get a chance to, because they're probably going to make that again at some point. Yeah, I mean, th- like, if there's anything I could say that, that I like Nintendo for, it's that even though they release a lot of remakes, they release a lot of, like, remasters and virtual console releases, they're often pretty fairly priced for what they are. And they do push backwards compatibility more right. than the other two. Or at least with this gen, they like, did. I mean, like, like my, my biggest example right now is they just released a couple of my favorite... Uh, um, Game Boy Advance games on the Wii U Virtual Console this year, which were uh, Metroid Fusion. There's so many right. of those, by right. the way. There's like that was Metroid Fusion, good and now there's a Pokemon Pinball, Ruby, and Sapphire, and those are eight bucks each, which is like that's like a solid price for an old game that's just Virtual Console. So I don't know. I, I feel like that's and, at least and you fair. can play it in your bed. Yeah, and I can play. You it don't in my even bed. have to play it on the console. I can play it in, the, in my entire apartment because my apartment is like a hundred square feet. That gamepad is amazing. Is. I'm really, see, I'm really see, digging cuddling up in bed one. and playing Smash. Like, I was at your house and I'm like, I really like this gamepad. <laughs> you were looking at it and not yeah, the TV but, screen. It, all right, it's not that high res. Like, it's not. Oh my god, but it's good. Oh, it's fine. It's, it's good. I'm like, I'm like, hold up. And I asked the guy. I asked your, your your fan. I was like, you know, does it does it wear off? You know, like this is pretty cool to actually you know be able to, to touch things on the pad and it worked. I was like. No, it gets better because you find new and more interesting places to play your high-end console games in. <laughs> like, I could be baking a loaf of bread and taking <laughs> breaks while while the yeast is rising <laughs> to play Smash in the kitchen. You know, just standard Smash yeast breaks. <laughs> well, they're only like 30-second matches. Like, the default setup they have for the online modes have them go by fast. Yeah. Ding, true. bread's true. done. It, yeah. it, kind of yeah. se- it kind of sealed me getting a Wii U next. Other than like a PS4 and X, I'm gonna be getting I, a Wii yeah. instead because I, mean, I, 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 I get the backwards compatibility. Yeah. I get the virtual cons uh, virtual console that I've been wanting for a while. I, I want to get a lot of uh, Super Nintendo games. So uh-huh. it, and you know I haven't played a bunch They're of Wii on games. the Smash Brothers disc. That blew my mind yeah. when I found that yeah, out. That's true. It, it has demos for like twelve different SNES games on on the Smash Brothers disc. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. 
Um, I think I think our time has has run a thin a while ago, actually. Yeah, we ramble like we always do. But it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was fun. And uh, I hope I hope our listeners will have fun as well. <laughs> uh. I, I hope that is what they usually do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if they're <laughs> if they're coming back 30 episodes in a row, they're. Oh yeah, that's right. This is episode 30. Yeah, I made I made like a, a like a roast of ourselves about that earlier, but you know, for real, like you know, celebrate episode 30. Episode 30. Woo! I wish I had one of those. That was that was a sound. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I mean, that was a cool sound regardless. Yeah, there you go. It sounded kind of like a balloon deflating. <laughs> Well, now it sounds best. sad. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, I mean, if you have completely forgot since the start of the podcast, uh, big thanks to Ian Danskin for coming on to this, uh, Thank you. this episode, uh, weighing in on some topics and uh, talking to us about about video games and videos on the internet. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. No problem. It was fun, and I uh, wish you the best of luck over your next few months making more videos. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, what comes out of that because the last one was pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah. Thank Mama you. Noodles. And if you want to, uh, if you want to find him on the YouTube's, uh, is, are you going to be uploading these videos on your same channel? Yeah, yeah. It's Innuendo Studios on YouTube. But I'm Innuendo Studios on uh, Tumblr and on Twitter. Like you can find me googling that basically anywhere right 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 uh and of course uh if you want to find the rest of us my channel is youtube.com slash sundergamer uh george's is youtube.com slash bunny hop show and matt's is youtube.com slash matt visual and uh and you can find all of our videos there and uh i'm a dummy and said last week that that matt makes no <laughs> content don't, don't. and actually he hasn't made mo content in over three months <laughs> And that shows how much I keep up with absolutely anything. Uh, so he makes other things that aren't MMO content. You should watch. That's really good. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah, he put me on blast. It was pretty funny. Uh, totally just called me out and roasted me. Pretty solid. But uh, I will catch Anyways. up on those videos, and by next week, I'll yes. have a review of Matt's channel. It's gonna be great. Oh, no. Got a review of his oh, reviews. No. <laughs> save, save your criticisms. Take yeah. notes. Oh, no, no. It's like, oh, how can I compare this to Satchbag, the other black guy who reviews games <laughs> on YouTube? Let's see. Oh, yes. he slurred his we word might... there. Um, put a little X we, there. We, we his might... word there. <laughs> We might try to get him on uh, again sometime soon. Satch? It's been a while since we've had Satch. Yeah. 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 He's a. Uh... Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. <laughs> Anyways, that may or may not happen next week, depending on Satchel's availability. Mm -hmm. But until then, I hope everyone has a wonderful week, uh -huh. and we will see you all then. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 And scene.